3: Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rapaport's reality starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Chaos in Congress still, and it's awesome. I'll discuss why. Brian Dean Wright tonight. The media is terrible. Lighten the mood. John Fetterman. <laughs> Senator Cucumber's in the house. All that's coming up on oh, I'm Right. You ever been super fat and lost a bunch of weight? Or have you ever known somebody who got super fat and lost a bunch of weight? How was that process? What was it like? Was it easy? It's cake. Just wake up one day. Oh, man, you know what? I'm 100 pounds overweight. I think I'm just going to drink a water or two. I should have it all off by dinner time. Or was the process Ugly, hard. Did it involve a lot of sweat, a lot of alarms, a lot of sore knees, sore muscles, a lot of skipped desserts? Was it ugly? Of course it was. Change is ugly. You ever known somebody? Maybe you yourself have struggled with substance abuse. Maybe you drank too much, drugs, whatever the case may be. By the way, if you ever overcome something like that or you're struggling to overcome it right now, I applaud you. I'm very proud of you. But was that easy? Get over that? Or is it hard? It's hard. But why is it hard? Because changing the way things are is hard, especially positive change. Negative change is easy. If I'm uh, drinking too much, and Lord knows I have at periods of time in my life, if I'm drinking too much and I decide, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mix in some weed, well, that's easy. I could do that pretty easily. But if I'm drinking too much and I want to stop, I want to live healthier, improve my blood pressure, sharpen my mind, that's, that gets more difficult now, doesn't it? Change is hard. Now, right now, we're about two minutes into the show, and you're probably nodding along saying, well, yeah, I, I agree, yeah, I totally agree. I don't think a single person watching me right now disagrees with anything I've said. Okay, then let me ask you this. Why do I see so much complaining about the big fight going on right now in Congress to be Speaker of the House? I've seen person after person on the right, not the left, the the, the right, person after person saying things like, this makes us look bad, "Oh, this is ugly, we should stop, we should quit, this makes us look terrible. Well, do you think that the GOP, the low-T GOP, who has betrayed you and abandoned you over and over and over and over again for, what, two, three decades now, just a completely useless party that sold you out at every turn, do you think all those establishment types there, do you think they're just going to walk away? Is that what you think? Do you think that changing them It's going to be like changing a light bulb. I've got news for you. Change, the kind of change we need in this country, both within the Republican Party and nationally, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be impolite. It's going to involve fighting, ugly fighting, sometimes public fighting. It's going to involve hurt feelings. It's going to involve maybe looking bad to the media. Are you ready? I hope you're ready. Because as I've told you time and time and time and time again, there's no polite way out of where we are. You understand that, right? It doesn't exist. There's not a polite way. There was a polite way. When the communist tree was just getting planted, in this country, it just had a couple little roots in there. Oh, we could have taken care of it if we had been aggressive and smart, pop that bad boy out of the ground, no, no big deal. When the tree has been growing roots year after year after year after year, and now they're all over the lawn, I've got news for you. You're going to have to lose some grass to get that tree out of there. That's just the way it goes now. There's no polite way out of this. So I don't care which side you fall on this big fight right now. I don't care that much who's speaker anyway, as I explained yesterday, because the GOP is totally useless. So it's not really necessarily about that. It's about so many people being uncomfortable with the fight, period. I mean, do you think, do you think Mitch McConnell's just going to get sick of all this and walk away? I asked permission if I could say something nice about him. I didn't want to, I said, I, I campaigned for him or against him, whichever helped him most. But uh, but Mitch, uh, it's, uh, you know, uh, it wasn't easy. And uh, to get this done and it wouldn't have gotten done no matter all the work so many others have done and by writing the legislation and dropping it in it wouldn't have happened without your hand leader mcconnell i don't agree on everything in fact we disagree on a lot of things
5: but here's what matters he's a man of his
4: word when he gives you his word you can take it to the bank you sure that guy's gonna walk away out there getting, getting kudos and the Democrat press, making sure his $1.7 trillion pork bill with every despicable handout possible. Do you think Mitch McConnell's going to wake up tomorrow morning and say, you know what, guys, I'm sick of this. This power stuff, money and power ain't for me. I'm going back to Kentucky, do some farming. Or do you think it's going to be an uncomfortable, impolite process to get rid of the old establishment guard that's currently preventing anti-communists from getting anything done, it's going to be uncomfortable. Not just the fight for Speaker, not just the fight for Senate Majority Leader. The fight for everything right now that we've lost in this country is going to be uncomfortable. I actually saw Trump put out a statement about pro-lifers were, we're but two months after the election, so no one's even really talking about the midterms anymore. Trump comes out with some public statements saying, it wasn't my fault. That's how he started it. It wasn't my fault. Very inspiring, very inspiring. It wasn't my fault. And then he goes on to blame Mitch McConnell for the elections, which he's not wrong about that. But then he blames the abortion issue, claiming it was handled poorly by many Republicans. They, they firmly insisted on no exceptions. So the problem we have now is people who are pro-life. That's the problem. The problem we have is it got too uncomfortable out there. Guys, I want to be pro-life until it gets uncomfortable and then screw them kids. Is that what we are now? Is that bold? Is that anti-communism? No, 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 no. no. The truth is we aren't, un- we aren't impolite enough. We haven't made the other side uncomfortable enough. Have you ever, ever once, ever once seen a Democrat in the modern day era say, guys, this is going too far. Suburban women won't be comfortable. This is not Guys, you've never seen that once. You know why? To their credit, to their credit, the communist believes, the communist believes in his religion and he pushes and fights hard for his religion. And he doesn't take even a single moment to pause and look around and, is this this popular enough to, should we take a poll? Show of hands, guys, do you like this? You never see it. The communist moves forward. The communist goes forward with what he believes is right at all times. Us, no, 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 we always worry. Is this popular? Are we popular enough? I mean, I know it's babies' lives, but I don't want to be unpopular with soccer moms. Barf, be bold. Democrats, you know what they're doing? Well, FDA will allow pharmacies to dispense abortion pills so people can kill their child with a pill. And Illinois governor, J.B. Pritzker, just signed a law saying children can have abortions without telling their parents. So while we worry about, are the are the soccer moms comfortable? Be quiet, pro-lifers. The pro-abortion ghouls are busy moving full steam ahead without a single moment of, is this popular? Is this not popular? Listen to them on MSNBC.
1: Jasmine's making a, a really good point, and another thing that, that I saw on the campaign trail is that for a lot of women, for a lot of voters, these issues were linked. Abortion is also yeah. an economic issue, right? I mean, yeah. we know, sure it is. Um, you know people who need access to abortion care are um, mothers. I...
4: They're not stopping. They're not slowing down. You know what they are doing? They are incentivizing their street mobs out there to firebomb pro-life centers across the United States of America, and their army at the FBI isn't even bothering to make an arrest. Not one arrest of all the pro-life centers and churches arrested. Are they sitting around right now in some meeting? Guys, have we poll-tested this? I don't wanna be unpopular. No, they believe They move forward, full steam ahead. So back to what we talked about at the very beginning of the show. This old, ugly, weenie, low-T GOP mindset we have. I don't wanna fight, I don't wanna be uncomfortable, be quiet, pro-lifers, all these things. It must go. We must purge the mindset. We've talked about this so often. The problem the right has is a mindset problem. We have spent decade after decade after decade being very polite losers, being better than them. Well, we can't violate our principles, guys. Hey, let's not fight. Let's not move forward. It's not popular. Let's not, let's not. What about let's do? What about let's be bold, stand for something, stand for what's right, because we are right and they are wrong. How about that? All that may have made you uncomfortable but I am right. We have a great show for you tonight. Brian Dean Wright is gonna join us next. You know what else is right? Not getting stuck in your timeshare like a sucker. I know a lot of people believe they are stuck in their timeshare. And I know annual fees have doubled right now. And I know what else these timeshare companies are pulling right now. They're starting to rent out your timeshare to the public. (laughs) How about that? Sorry, Joe Schmo already booked it, and you went out. And I know what they're telling you. You're calling, you're emailing, and they're telling you, "You you can't get out, sorry. You can. you are one phone call away from freedom. One phone call. Lone Star Transfer has helped over 18,000 homeowners, timeshare owners, legally and permanently get out of their timeshare. They will get you out. They call their shot. They will get you out. They put it in writing. Go to lonestartransfer.com or make that one phone call for freedom. 844-310-2646. That's eight four four 310
3: 2646 We'll be back. Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country, giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning.
5: Press conference said, no, nah, I said, I'm not going to, we're not going to give you the billion dollars. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. <laughs> I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting a billion, I'm going to be leaving here, and I think it was what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours, if the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a <laughs> That's
4: Joe Biden, I'm sure you've seen that before, that's an old video, that's Joe Biden bragging on camera about a, what's that term, quid pro quo. Oh. Well, that's interesting. Joining me now, my friend, Brian Dean Wright of the Outstanding President's Daily Brief Podcast, which you should subscribe to every single day. 20 minutes, less than 20 minutes. All right, Brian, I only bring up this old video because of a new story that's floating around, and I don't want to connect dots that are not connectable. So I'm just going to lay it out there. I'm sure you've seen it. Virgin Islands has some attorney general. It's apparently going after J.P. Morgan Chase. Because she did a deep dive into jeffrey epstein and she claims this is what she says that jp morgan chase knew about all the ugly stuff epstein was into she decided to go after them joe biden takes a vacation in the virgin islands and she gets fired i don't want to connect dots that are not connectable i genuinely do not for anybody are they connectable
3: well we have some coincidences here don't we my friend Look, I think most of us are looking at this man and this administration, and we're we have legitimate concerns. I mean, we have a a laptop, of course, by his son that suggests all kinds of foreign malfeasance of him get and his family getting involved with bad characters to make cash or to you know make things go away, problems go away. So I don't think it's unreasonable to think, hey, isn't it strange that Joe Biden goes to a place and then the prosecutor gets tossed out? So I think your fair, your concerns are pretty darn fair. Okay. Uh,
4: I would, uh, would, uh, we talked about the CIA in the open of this. Now, as people may know, I didn't bring it up in the beginning. Brian is a former CIA ops guy, so he knows his way around the CIA. Don't judge me. Don't a little judge me. Bit. Yeah. We're, yeah, we're uncovering from Twitter a bit here that the CIA, the Central Intelligence Agency, actually got involved with Twitter in covering for Hunter Biden. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but that seems so far outside of the CIA's purview that I have no idea how that can be justified. But again, I don't want to speak out of turn. What's, who, what says the CIA got?
3: Look, so what we know from these releases of documents, internal documents, emails and such from Twitter, is that clearly the FBI, the NSA, uh, and the CIA were all having different entities inside of their own organizations reaching out to Twitter saying, hey, look, you need to ban this kind of account specifically or generally, or this story, or this book that might be coming out talking about Hunter Biden or the Biden family, right? That is very unusual. The other interesting thing here about some of these requests that are coming in from the intelligence community to Twitter is that they will say, we assess that, the, you know, and then they go on and say whatever the, the thing is they're claiming. But what they don't say is what degree of confidence they have in that assessment. In other words, it could be just a rumor that they have low confidence in that assessment or actually very high confidence, lots of different kinds of intelligence. So what I saw in reading these documents was a lot of shenanigans by the intelligence community using very carefully selected words such that it created this, this impression at the at Twitter that yes, the CIA and the NSA and FBI must know these things absolutely and resolutely. Uh-uh. Unless you work in the intelligence community and you know these little tricks of words that they use, you wouldn't know it. So it creates this this impression on Twitter employees that they they really are up against something very profound when in fact they weren't.
4: Brian how how much bias are we dealing with here because you have to forgive me if I look at all these things from NSA CIA FBI all these things they all seem to go one direction I can't seem to find any instances of this helping a Republican for some reason it always seems to help out the Democrats and if we have an intelligence agency now completely dedicated to helping Democrats well that's kind of a big problem wouldn't you say
3: Yeah, it's a a massive problem. Uh, Look, I I think that what we have seen over the past five years, not just in some sort of general conspiracy-laden way, but actually through people like James Comey, who was leaking to The New York Times to target uh, former President Donald Trump, we have seen it consistently from the highest levels of the FBI, the CIA. Of course, we have an NSA and former uh, CIA director, John Brennan, Uh, James Clapper very clearly choosing the Democrats and uh, over Republicans and weaponizing their jobs and their backgrounds to try to destroy a party or the former president, that is Trump. So it's very clear that we have a politicized intelligence community and it's a huge problem and issue. Unfortunately, we need somebody else on the White House and different kind of Congress, that is to say House and Senate, who's gonna take this stuff on because otherwise I'm not seeing how it changes. That's, we 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 need different political leadership to fix this.
4: Speaking of political leadership, Zelensky is president of Ukraine, as every person on the planet is now well aware, and he is cracking down more on the media in his country. Now, this is not unheard of before, especially in wartime. Our own President Lincoln, who everyone loves to praise, cracked down on the media quite severely in this country. What's going on in Ukraine? Is this justified? Is this insane? Is he a tyrant? What is this?
3: Well, depends on who you ask, but here's what we know. Last week, Zelensky signed a law, basically 300 pages, give or take, that basically said, look, there is a government organization or a council that now has profound powers, far more than they ever had, that basically says that the the council can ban any and every news outlet. That could be a newspaper, radio, television. And they can also filter out Google or other search results, right? Here's the other key to this new law, and that is that they don't have to have a court order. They can just decide it, right? So that is a profound set of powers that can absolutely be abused. So now the next question is, well, who's on this council? Who gets to decide this stuff? Well, it turns out that the people who are appointed to it are those appointed by Zelensky and parliament, which is controlled absolutely by his own party. So you have a council that ostensibly could take these independent sort of takes on, on foreign media or domestic media, calling them bad or wrong misinformation. But really, it is a profound tool that if Zelensky wants to, he can use it to create dictatorial sort of stances on things. And that's what journalists inside of Ukraine and throughout Europe are saying today that, look, we have a problem with this law. This is a dictatorial anti-European values type system here that we're adopting in Ukraine. It's bad, and it cast a dictatorial shadow over Zelensky. That's according to the the journalists inside of Ukraine as of today.
4: War with war comes increased amounts of propaganda. Not that we're ever hurting for that anyway, but that's just the nature of war. It comes with increased amounts of propaganda, and Lord knows. There has been a ton of it from both sides, Russia and Ukraine from the very beginning of this whole thing. It's actually what turned me off to it. I was interested for about a day then everyone kept lying to me and I stopped being interested at all. So there's been a lot.
3: Who did it work on? Who didn't it work on? Oh, this is such an amazing story. All right, so last spring, we were told that the CIA, NSA, and others were going to be releasing information, intelligence, to the American people and all throughout the world to let everybody know what the Russians were going to do, what Vladimir Putin was up to. The goal, according to intelligence community, uh, was to get inside the head of Putin. To basically say, hey, we've got spies everywhere and we know exactly what you're going to do before you even do it, right? So that was the goal of releasing this stuff last spring and into the summer. In fact, even uh, today, they're still doing it. Well, Avril Haines, the director of national intelligence, was speaking on BBC radio with her counterpart, uh, uh, talking about this propaganda campaign and was it successful? And she said, no, it wasn't. It didn't get inside of Putin's head nor did it influence or impact any of Putin's allies." Well, the question then becomes, well, did it do anything at all? Was it successful at all? And she said, well, the propaganda efforts did impact, our information or intel did impact Western audiences, that is to say European and American audiences. So that's awful. That is, in some cases, illegal. To basically have domestic influence or propaganda operations you could do that stuff abroad per u.s law that happens all the time but not domestically you're not supposed to influence your own people very much unlawful if not absolutely flagrantly so so i think this is a huge scandal widely underappreciated but i think it's a big big deal
4: i'm asking your opinion on something here why i I, okay it blew back in our faces and worked on us and it didn't work on them. Why didn't it work on them? And why did it work on
3: us? Hmm. Because Putin fundamentally knew exactly what was true and what wasn't, and so did his his general staff, et cetera. So when they would see some of these rumors out there, they knew it was just silliness and garbage, but we didn't, right? The American people didn't. So we bought it hook, line, and sinker, especially because the CIA and the NSA and the FBI said, it was, uh, you know, we know that it's true. We have high confidence in this stuff. When in fact, they didn't, they, it was all garbage. But we didn't know that. We, we have faith. We have trust in these systems, right? They're supposed to be pro-Americans and doing good things for us. Just not true.
4: Democrats are going after the electoral college again? Explain.
3: Yeah, we got another big threat to America. Last week, a uh, senior Democrat a representative from Maryland, uh, Jamie Raskin, was on CBS's Face of the Nation. And he was asked about different threats to the country. And he said one of the greatest ones is the electoral College. He, in fact, said the Electoral College and how it, it operates was a, th- a critical uh, part of the threat on January 6th during the protest. Here we go again. So he said, We need to get rid of, of the Electoral College. Of course, Democrats have been saying this for quite some time now, but it's the first time to my mind's eye that they're connecting it to January 6th, you know, this horrific day in American history, worse than Pearl Harbor, worse than the British attacking us. Yes, that's why the Electoral College must be defeated because it is such a profound threat. So there you go. Yet again, another attack on a US institution that actually the founding fathers were pretty smart to create in the first place.
4: Oh, I wonder why they hate that electoral college. Brian Dean Wright, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. You betcha. I don't think we're done yet. We're not done yet at all. We're gonna talk about the media next. Isn't that always fun? Maybe we need an Eden maybe we need an extra Eden pure thunderstorm here in the studio when you talk about the media. Because the media stinks. And Eden Pure Thunderstorm, I bet you they can take care of that too. I, I told you about before, one of my producers, he had a new puppy, and he had to unplug the Eden Pure Thunderstorms in his apartment because he could no longer tell when the puppy went poop in the apartment. Th- these things are miracles, man. It's not just that they fixed my allergies. They take the odors out of the air. My mom had to unplug hers because it took away the Christmas tree smell. They have three packs for sale. Three packs of these things. I keep one in my room, one in the boys' room, and then one in our general living area. I also keep three at the studio, so actually I have six. But the three packs are $200 off. You can get three of them for under $200, plus free shipping. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Code JESSE is what gets you a three-pack for under $200. EdenPureDeals.com. Code JESSE. We'll be back. We haven't done a segment on the media in a while in this country, and it's probably something we should mix in even more. I know we rip on them a lot, but we should should always keep in mind the media is the one that's primarily responsible for the fact that your neighbor lives in a world of make-believe. Your crazy Aunt Kathy on Facebook, she lives in a world entirely of make-believe. They live in a world of make-believe because we have a media in this country that isn't biased, all right? They're not, they're not left-leaning, a little liberal. The media is hostile. They are truly the enemy of the people. Credit to Trump for calling them that early and often because that is what they are. They are the enemy of the United States of America, and they wake up every single day and they prove it over and over and over and over again. You do remember you do remember how often we've talked about stochastic terrorism right and what that is stochastic terrorism is basically putting out laying out all the necessary things for a horrible event to happen and so you know one's going to happen you just can't predict what that will be but you do it on purpose this is what you do to your political opponents hey look at those guys all the short people They're evil. It's short people who are responsible for your problems. Short people suck. And then a week later, some nutball decides to hurt a short person. And then you get to wash your hands of it, right? Hey, I never said to do anything like that. The media in this country has done this over and over and over again with Republicans as Republican elected officials and normal people on the ground have been assaulted and murdered by the communist street scum in this country. And in case you're wondering, the media has not taken even a brief moment to reflect on all this. Why? Because they want it to happen. They're still calling Steve Scalise a KKK guy.
2: That's why I think Scalise is probably the most likely candidate. David
1: that Duke can, without the baggage. Can... Longtime political reporter claims that when she first met Scalise, when David Duke was a state representative, Scalise, who's from Louisiana as well, told her, I was like David Duke without the baggage. Uh, roll call, the interview. Scalise claimed in 1999 that he embraced many of the same conservative views as David Duke, but is more viable. Scalise appeared at a white supremacist event led by a group founded by David Duke. Chip Roy, who gave a speech today, gave a lovely speech in, in, in for McCarthy, That's the guy who endorsed lynchings in Texas. The bench is rotten.
4: You hear that and maybe you get mad. Maybe you roll your eyes. Maybe you think, oh, brother, here we go again with this. And you should. All those things are fine. It's not like you're doing anything wrong. But you should keep in mind the vile street scum that is the communist base of this country, the Antifa's, the BLM's, the climate change nutter's. We're talking lifetime losers with no parents or bad parents, nothing to live for, oftentimes a criminal record, drugged out, alcoholed out. They hear things like this, and they take them as a call to action. You're a lifetime communist loser with no purpose in life, and the media tells you time after time after time that you can go go take care of the KKK now, in your mind? You've been given a mission. You've been given a purpose. And that is why they lash out time after time after time. And that is why they do the things they do. You've heard of Anna Paulina Luna, right? She's a brand new freshman congresswoman out of Florida, leading contender. Well, I should say certainly in the hunt to make the Jesse Kelly Show Hottest Women of Congress list championship round this year. No question about that also happens to be a staunch conservative, one of the ones actually standing up against, as a freshman, standing up against Kevin McCarthy. Well, here's what the Daily Beast had to say about her.
3: A couple questions about this letter of are, are you? Which, I mean, that's what the letter is kind of right from Holland and So I'm just curious about that, I and mean, also the, the Mackey explains about sex in the letter. Is there an, any reason, you know, Mr. Stone had said that, you know, you, alleged he, he poisoned, he, he poisoned, he, what, what, what's up with that? Do you have any comment about the, the allegation that you had some sort of relationship with the Red Rose in, any comment on that, Congresswoman?
4: The worst people on the planet. Stochastic terrorism, remember that. All right. We're moving on. We still have more to do here. We have to do uh, climate change, nut jobs. Is the world overpopulated? Talk about that. Let's talk about something else. Let's talk about your crappy wallet and why you need to improve on it. You know, we took a vacation over Christmas time. And so, as I often do, Every chance I got, I pulled out my wallet and I would hold it up in front of the wife and I'd pop the credit cards up just to see her roll her eyes because I get so excited about it. But now I've done this so often in public, having my credit cards lock in, in my GRIP6 wallet, and i pop them up. Now, strangers ask me about it all the time. Hey, that's cool. Where'd you get that? Hey, that's cool. Where'd you get that? And I tell them all, GRIP6, baby, the best belts, the best socks, and the best wallets, Ever You can get them with or without the loop on there. All kinds of different designs. Go get you a GRIP6 wallet like I have. Go to gripsix.com. Promo code JESSE saves you a pile of money. So make sure you use promo code JESSE on everything in the store. GRIP6.com, promo code JESSE. All right? We'll be back.
0: I and... The vast majority of my colleagues think we're we've had it, that the next few decades will be the end of the kind of
4: civilization we're used to. Ooh, man, that sounds scary. We must be in super big trouble. Joining me now, my friend Mark Moreno of climatedepot.com, author of the book The Great Reset. If you want to know what's going on out there, Mark, this Paul Ehrlich guy saying we're basically finished out there this guy must have a long history of pretty accurate predictions yeah this is amazing this
5: was 60 minutes uh on tv tapping paul ehrlich who's now 90 years old to come out and act as though he's some kind of expert on what's happening in the earth and on species and on overpopulation and on the earth's resources and it turns out that since 1968 at least, not only has Paul Ehrlich been wrong on every single major prediction from resource scarcity to population to food to famines to uh, metal and rare earths of the earth to oil running out by the year 2000, uh, but he's also been a bit of an authoritarian, calling for f- uh, hidden sterility agents in water in order to keep... Uh, to keep. Uh, <laughs> to keep population growth down. He has said that the mother of the year is a woman who gets sterilized and has adopted kids. uh, And he's uh, predicted, not making this up, billions would die from man-made global cooling in the 1970s. So I just can't think of anything he's ever been right about. But this is why 60 Minutes chose him, because he's wrong about the right issues, which is giving us fear to give government more control. That's what he's been right about and the servant of, he's been serving those interests now for 50 years.
4: Uh, Mark, let me ask you something. Is the world overpopulated? Are the resources just about tapped out? We're on our last drop of oil and food around here?
5: Okay, here's here's another perverse thing, Jesse. He's predicting, and he's always predicted, of course, famines and scarcity. He might just be right cause think about it it's not coming cuz the earth can't provide it's because it's only coming because politicians bureaucrats the billionaire class, the world economic forum are creating policies, net zero, Green New Deal style policies that are literally collapsing agriculture, going after high yield agriculture, collapsing meat eating, trying to ban that through methane restrictions. They're going after the collapse of our transportation sector by banning gas powered cars. They're going after collapse of energy by by going after all forms of fossil fuels. So in a perverse way, they predicted it. They may make it happen not because the Earth couldn't provide, but because their policies are forcing this vision upon us. So, no, the Earth is doing fine. There's actually fear now of a underpopulation problem. The Earth's population may stable at about 10 billion and then start declining. That's what the latest projections are showing. John Lennon was right. In 1971, he was on Dick Cavett, the ex-Beatle, and he pr- he laughed at Dick Cavett and the mainstream media's pushing Paul Ehrlich's overpopulation concern. He said it was nothing, that it would all work itself out, and 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 John Lennon has been proven to have more scientific acumen than this heralded uh, professor at Stanford, Paul Ehrlich.
4: I saw Jane Goodall. This is from uh, a couple of years ago, a few years ago, I believe. But Jane Goodall, she accidentally said the quiet part out loud, although many more are comfortable saying things like this. Here was Jane.
1: We cannot hide away from human population growth because... You know it underlies so many of the other problems all these things we talk about wouldn't be a problem if there were if there was the size of population that there was 500 years ago
4: 500 years ago there were approximately a billion people on the planet today there's about seven billion people on the planet so i did go to community college mark bear with me a moment but carry the one so jane goodall thinks six billion people need to die do i have that right yeah, you do this is here's the bottom line. There are quirky, weird
5: billionaires, isolated people. Jane Goodall herself, I believe lived among the great apes for years. Now, I don't know what kind of socialization that helped her with, but in and in, in misanthropy she has now toward uh, mankind. But the bottom line is Bill Gates, al gore al gore has said you know where he's concerned because we need ubiquitous fertility management because africa is projected to have more people by mid-century in the next 30 years than china and india combined there's too many people of color in the world according to al gore you see jane goodall's comments these are people who you can listen to what they have to say the problem is they have the ear of our ruling class they have the ear of these big organizations. They have the ear of the corporate media. They have the ear of academia, and their policies, their, their and their sentiments get put into policies. So this is very scary stuff. Essentially, what Jane Goodall just said, she wants to deny the entire industrial revolution, which has been the most pro-human advancement uh, in human history in terms of humans' t- development of technology, shorter, uh, lower infant mortality, longer life expectancy. Modern dentistry, better medical care, protection from the elements. They want to wipe all of that out and go back to some fantasy, some Garden of Eden utopia uh, that they think that that will be created if we get rid of people.
4: Mark, I noticed these people, lots of them, like Paul Ehrlich and Jane Goodall, are extremely old. So they're very old, and I have no problem with old people. I in fact adore them, but. If I was 90 years old and I said there were too many people on the planet, I personally, if I actually believed that, would feel the need to check out somehow, maybe do some extra bungee jumping. Why does Jane Goodall never feel like checking out of here?
5: or the same with Paul Ehrlich uh, or the same with mm. David Attenborough he's in his 90s now they don't and there's actually a man the New York Times profiled just recently with the voluntary human extinction movement but don't get too excited he doesn't want to kill himself either they just want us to stop having kids and sort of you know die out naturally as we age and that's one of the things that they're really pushing here is um is just stopping children and they've proposed everything from Carbon taxes. We saw China had the one policy rule. Paul Ehrlich himself has praised that, and he wanted a two-policy rule. So he's he's a bit of a more of a freedom freedom lover than China because he's allowing us to have two kids potentially. But he he, he he's been very. Uh, you know th- this is where we are it's about stopping kids it's about going after reproduction of humans having children that's what they're, and they're also going after everything that's pleasurable in life from even owning pets uh to even e- e- whether you're talking about meat whether you're talking about uh, vacations they want to restrict travel they want to restrict diets they want to restrict any kind of consumption and they want to control every aspect of human endeavor until we get the population what they consider under control this this is a very scary agenda really came in play in the late 1960s 1970s uh the club of rome they've been pushing this and of course the modern day incarnation of this is the world economic forum and that is their agenda the idea is you'll own nothing and you'll be happy everything you want will be delivered by drone it's the modern incarnation of this anti-human agenda
4: I'm glad you brought up animals because I saw this interesting little clip of Bill Gates yesterday.
3: Helping animals survive, uh, either by having vaccines or better genetics, uh, helping them be more productive, it's making a big difference.
4: Okay, Paul, uh, uh, so Paul Ehrlich thinks the world has too many people. He said so. Jane Goodall thinks the world has too many people. He said so. Bill Gates has said several times the world has too many people. Yeah. He said so. But here's the thing about Gates, Mark. He is pushing vaccines, he is buying up mass amounts of farmland, and apparently now he wants to take care of the animals. I'm a little suspicious about the guy who wants to kill a few billion people taking care of the animals and pushing vaccines.
5: Yeah, well he's already said very explicitly, his goal in buying up farmland, by the way, he wants all Western nations, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, Europe, United States, to stop eating actual animal agriculture. Instead, he wants to create lab-grown meat made from stem cells, fetal blood from cows or lamb put in a lab, grown and then eventually 3D printed. These are this is something out of invasion of the body snatchers, a goo, a blob of, of a so-called meat growing in a lab. So obviously he doesn't want us eating these animals. He wants animal agriculture gone in the developed world. So what are you going to do with those? Who knows? Maybe his vaccine will help, you know part of the vaccine may be to make sure they can never reproduce.
4: Mark, appreciate you, man. Come back soon.
5: All right. Thank you very much.
4: All right. We got to lighten the mood coming up next. Now, before we do that, I want you to do something for me. I want you to go become a First TV supporter. Did you know that I have a radio show as well? Three hour radio show. It's kind of a big deal. The Jesse Kelly Show every single night. It's on like 200 some stations across the country. You can watch me do it if you become a First TV supporter. You have to go to thefirsttv.com slash support, and you can watch the simulcast of me doing a radio show. So how about that? Four hours of me a day. All right, we'll be back. All right, it's time to lighten the mood and part of lightening the mood a huge part of lightening the mood on i'm right has always been making fun of people we don't like what's more fun and mature than that and so john fetterman affectionately known as senator cucumber on this show he is officially now a united states senator he can't read write or complete sentences but he is one of a hundred united states senators and if we can't take a minute to laugh at john fetterman who are we here on this show?
0: Congratulations, Senator. Congratulations. Hey, and then the whole family? Hi. Or are we we like
1: to do gonna do the three people. of us live?
0: Yeah. And again.
4: And three, two, one.
1: Thank you. Hi family! Hi. Do you remember we talked remember on a FaceTime, you. you remember that?
2: Good. Congratulations.
5: Congratulations.
0: Hi. Yeah.
2: Like,
5: oh,
4: Congratulations. Right in front of me. Gracie's <laughs> looking Congratulations. Okay. Yeah. All right, guys. So just look this way for me. you your step. All right. Right here. Big smile. And just have your hands down your sides. Nice and relaxed. Yeah. Three, two, one. <laughs> three, two, one, and three, two, one. Thank
1: you. Congratulations so
4: much, thank everyone. You. Thank you. Nice to see thank you. Thank you, you so see. much. Take care. Okay. He's doing great. Good job, Pennsylvania. Invites the kids up. Put your hands down at your sides. <laughs> I'll see you tomorrow.
3: giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning.